Trying to kill, start us up. What are we talking about today? Uh, today we're talking about Akudama Drive, which is, uh, if you guys listened to our um, last uh, mini update episode, uh, we mentioned that we were going to do that for our next podcast episode. So today we'll be talking about Akudama Drive. Um, I think to begin, we'll start with actually what we kind of left off with. It's a very westernized show in an anime setting. Um, Francisco, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, like I mean, we were talking about some of the episodes, right? The episodes themselves, the title sequence or title cards come from these very famous Western Western movies, right? I mean, you you mentioned that you saw a few of them, right? Reservoir Dogs, which I haven't seen, but my sister mm-hmm. loves. Mission Impossible, which I haven't seen, but everyone's seen. Speed, which I haven't seen. Dead Man, oh my God, I haven't seen a lot of these. Okay, I think I've only seen seven, and I only saw that when I saw that when I was pretty young, or like younger to like actually deep, dive deep into it. Yo, yeah. I should just watch all of the movies. Just, 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 this is a huge ah, I don't know. Okay, well, we can get into this later, but the only Mission Impossible worth watching, in my opinion, is Ghost Protocol or Protocol or whatever. But other than that one, it's like kind of boring. But it's really funny because in episode three, it's literally based off of Ghost Protocol, in my opinion. So that's kind of cool. I, there's like levels, right? Because these are the authors. I think one of them. There's two of them. I remember reading these briefly, and it's like one of them has to do with. Oh, uh, it's like this show where there's a bear in it, and like I writes the story. Okay, no, not the. Like you'll help me out with this. Do you remember that like weird bear, kind of like it's black and white. It's very anime. Anime bear, bear black, white. I found just typing in anime bear black white brings up exactly what I was t- thinking about. It's Danga Rompa, and I think one of the authors. Oh, I know that. Yeah, they're talking about they got in contact and they decided to write an uh, no, original, right? Akudama Drive is an original, and I think it's personally was one of my votes for anime of the year for no, anime of the season for last season, which was uh, 2020 fall, right? It was Akudama Drive, Wandering Witch. The last one that a lot of people voted to be, you know, anime of the season was the one that you watched, Nikhil, which was the very sweethearted one that dealt with, um, that had a lot of themes, or rather, it was like a re a modern yeah. adaptation of um, Kaguya. I, the the dad one. Could, could dad one? No, not not the dad one. I think you might be. It's the wait. Um, what's the other one? The the, the Chad version at the same time. The Chad version at the same time. Oh, I thought it was just fun. I don't think oh, it was yeah. anime of the year by any. Not anime, not anime of the year, anime of the season. Lots of people are saying it's either oh, that one. I, I really enjoyed the dad one. Was my favorite of the year, um, but I think of the season. Yeah, like that was probably one of my favorites. It was really good, really sweet. I liked it. Something I want to mention briefly is that this was made by Studio Period, and I don't respect Studio Period. Studio Period is known for you know adapting stuff like Naruto, Bleach, and just lots of. It's weird. I don't think they make very good quality. I mean, one of the things that they they're known for is Tokyo Ghoul, which is an infamous adaptation, right? And of course, you know Naruto Bleach. Well, you know I, I have a soft spot for both of them, more so Bleach than Naruto. I'm not a big fan of Naruto, but you know I think it's pretty okay. In general, uh, it's it's whatever. They have some older works, right? You know, like Great Teacher Oni, Onizuka. But recently, I I haven't actually thought that they made anything impressive. Just that they used to be the, pe- the go-to people for like Shonen Jump adaptations, but fortunately they actually did something really nice with Akudama Drive, and I think it's, just, it's definitely worth a watch. Like you said, it's a lot of Western themes, 
And I think it came out at a very, like, the main thing about a Kojama Drive, like, spoiler alert, is that, you know, the police are assholes. Or not even the police, but, like, people with a certain level of authority can come to abuse that authority. And, like, what they deem is right is just, you just got to accept it. And the populace has no say in it. And that's a huge thing about, like, trying to rebel. And one of the main characters, like, they begin with, and I believe it's just, which is really interesting, right? Um, The seven people, right? are brought together like you said it's a very common trope in western media it's like you get seven criminals they're gonna get together and like they're hired by someone to go and do this heist mission and they do the heist mission and as you go along one of them gets off every now and then and you're just thinking oh my god who's gonna live or die but honestly it's not that really that's not that important it's not too difficult to realize who's gonna die i think you know any 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 well adept viewer they're like they're really trying to look into it they can figure out the order of who's gonna die right it's not it's not insane uh, i wasn't really watching it for like that that shock factor rather the characters themselves something that the authors really or the you know the writers of the show really enjoyed or like they liked they liked it in concept was this fact of when you're in like in this like mission you're like we don't share names here we, we don't get sent to answer one, one another so they have code names every single one of them they're all criminals and they're known by their different code names and what makes this really interesting is they they're like they're meant to represent these these flat canvases, right? But these adjectives are down to reflect their personality. And it says a lot about them in, in different ways that the author wants to you know, use them. One of them, for example, the, the main lead is ordinary person um, or swindler. She gives her name. She gives she, she's, an, she's an ordinary citizen who got classified as a villain or as a criminal for like just wrong, unjustly classified as a criminal, by the way, which is big, a big part of the themes. So you have ordinary person who eventually becomes swindler and like, you know, actually goes and, and becomes this character that whatever they're meant to represent closer to the end of her arc. You have courier when, you know, just takes packages here and there. Brawler, big, big bulky guy, very upfront about his emotions. Probably my favorite character, really fun dude. Hacker, uh, as you can imagine, hacker hacks into things, has a affinity for technology or whatnot. Doctor, which turns out to be it's... Um, the surgeon or someone who's like in the medical field who like does a lot of male, male, male practices pretty much just commits murder. Very obsessed with this concept of death. Easy, easy to you know tie those two together. Hoodlum steals stuffs. Um, Hoodlum is also like a low tier, uh, low tier criminal. It's very reflective of the fact that he's there's like these like high level criminals, right? Um, originally the plan was like to hire five of them. Two of them ended up joining them by accident. One of them being Hoodlum, an actual low tier criminal, and the other one being ordinary person. So. Name is really reflective. The last one, Cutthroat, the um, stereotypical psychopathic killer, whatnot, criminal. That's ordinary, ordinary person. That was that was my favorite alter ego name. I just thought it was funny. I mean, she, I mean, it makes sense. She plays the effectively. She plays the viewer, right? She plays what the viewer would be like in that world. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's it's a, a one of the aspects that you were not a fan of because you felt like she was boring a bit. She was the most boring, and then, like, you get to the end, and you're like, damn, she actually did stuff. But, like, yeah, I kind of wish she, like, did more. Um, instead of, like, one of the, one of the, one of the, okay. This might be really nitpicky, but something that really frustrates me in a lot of, like, action-based anime is, like, this trope of, like, the main character being, like, if I yell and try hard enough, and I'm like, I can do it, I can do it. And then they get what they want, and I'm like, no, that's just not life. Like, that's, no, and that's not how it works. So, like, I don't, okay, this is a huge spoiler before I continue. Um, so, just as a word of warning, if you have not watched the show, pause the episode here, 
watch the show, and come back. If you are not worried about spoilers, please continue. Huge disclaimer, because I cannot talk about this show without mentioning some stuff that happened that happens towards the end. All right, well, now that I said that. Um, I really liked it when she died. <laughs> as screwed up as that sounds, it felt very, like, not just poetic, but, like, very justified, right? At the end of the day, she's just a normal person. Like, she, she's not a god. She doesn't have, like, these insane powers that, like, all these other people have. She's not, like, really, like, screwed up in the head. She's not, like, she's just normal. She's a normal person. So, like, she did, like, if she made it out alive, that would piss me off because that wouldn't make sense. Like, she is just a placement of the viewer. She is not, nothing more than that. So, like, one of the things I didn't like was the fact that she, like, was, she defined that character trope of, oh, my God, if I yell and try hard enough, I'll get to where I want to go. But then what I loved was, and they did this with all the characters, but specifically with her, I think is really important, um, because she's the protagonist, effectively, um, and one of the main characters. Um, She died. Uh, And her dying just means a lot, right? And, like, one of my favorite um, things in the show was... Like there were there were effectively seven main characters. Um, you had um, Cutthroat, Hoodlum, Doctor, Hacker, Brawler, Courier, Ordinary Person. Um, and these are the seven main characters. Um, but at the end of the day, the I think the the irony of it all is that Courier, the one who didn't care, doesn't care. I think he cares the least about like. He he cared he cared the least I think or he wasn't like as invested as everyone else. Um, at the end of the day, he's the he's the last one to die, which I think says a lot. And I don't know, I just I just thought that like kind of it was very fitting for his character, so I thought it was kind of sick. But um, like he never talks, he never says anything, he never does anything out of line. But the 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 minute he does something out of line, and we see this in the last episode when he's like getting the kids to safety. He pays the ultimate price. So, like, throughout, because throughout the show, he always just does what he's asked. He never does more than that. But the minute, like, literally, as soon as he steps out of his line, like, he dies. And I think it's just crazy. So, that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I think Courier is definitely my favorite character. I just like that the minute, like, the pro tag died. I think it's very fitting for her. Um, I think, like, towards the end, she became a really good character. But I think just her kind of realizing her life and like what she's done and like what she has to do is very interesting. I think she's made some like really dumbass it's like like moved. Um like honestly, like sometimes I didn't really understand where she was coming from, but that was just the given of the show. Also, you mentioned how like the cops were the bad guys, right? I I so I I, I fundamentally agree with that because of other reasons but um i also think that i think the show is all about perspective it's it's weird because like you see in a lot of action anime that like there's a very clear bad guy and a very clear good guy right the bad guy is very polarizing in the sense that um there's really only one bad guy and well there could be multiple but that the, the bad guy is bad right the bad guy wants to do something bad um effectively harming a lot of people so it's weird because the enforcement in this show like 
I personally don't support. I'm with the Akudama. But it's really weird because I think it's all perspective. Um, I think if you take a step back and look at it from their eyes, because the Akudama weren't good people, we've just followed them the entire like, show. Um, so it becomes really weird. Yeah, I, I think it's it's all a matter of perspective. And also just as a as a big thing, um Doctor is like I said I said Courier is one of my favorite characters. Doc the Doctor is my favorite character. Like no question she's my favorite character. I think she's the most um versatile, so most unique and most like interesting character in the entire show. And I really wish we learned more about her. That's one of the things that I was really sad about. Cause throughout the show I loved her. I thought she was so cool. And like her death was also really fitting. So bring that there as well. I think every single one of their deaths are very fitting. The 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 creators had a lot of uh, freedom when it came to this one, right? Being an original, they just they wanted to just make story, just go with it. And the actual quality of the studio, like the quality of the show itself is very artistic. It's a lot of that is going for it. The opening is a uh, very fun, huge, very fun. But like you mentioned, um, there's a uh, let me let me talk about let's let's talk about the um ordinary person turned um Akudama right with a with a with a bounty of question mark question mark question mark, which is very cool and interesting because it you know one of the cool things about the first episode is that the entire story begins with these Akudamas right, which are classified criminals who they're able to be executed by the executioners you know, the police force or a subdivision of the police force that are having a, have a right to kill under certain conditions uh, if they're, you know, they're given the AOK. Public execution is pretty, pretty, pretty messed up stuff. Going back to these five criminals, right, that the original and for the, they, they were hired for the heist they all have very high bounties, right, to reflect how terrifying they are. And I think the first one, it begins with a breaking. The, the first mission that these five got, people get is you got to go into this executioner platform and rescue the fifth person, which I need for my plan. It turns out to be Cutthroat, the psychopathic serial killer. Crazy dude. Um, really crazy dude. His episode, I remember, it's um, Shining. is one of the episodes where, you know, he shines, quote unquote. There's a lot of um, cool parodies, or rather, um, it has the one scene in, in the episode, which is really cool. Going back into these these um, these Akudamas, Courier, not Courier, Hoodlum was the lowest one, right? Because he's a low tier. But then it was ordinary person who didn't have who didn't have her calling card that showed her bounty. But you know what? Eventually, when they, she she did become swindler, she gets this really cool scene right where she's like i'm swindler i'm going to swindle your hearts or whatever because of the one scene where she ends up dying the if i could be steals the show she steals the narrative and it's great that she has question mark question mark which is very reflective and i think her death was just a something that the um the author tried to say is that any ordinary person can be the spark for a revolution she was effectively a martyr and her broadcasting her execution to the entire public the general populace to revolt against these executioners, which was another thing said, right? It's a, it's a, it's a topic for subjection, like a perspective on the police enforcement. Eventually, once these ordinary people, these citizens started to revolt, they were all classified as criminals and then they just got killed. I think one of the really interesting points of that was that eventually we did learn that, you know, her death was broadcasted 
And when we learned that the people were, you know, revolting against him, it actually came from this child, this five-year-old child, who we, at first we thought, you know, oh, shoot, she's lost. We could get her back to her parents. Or, or we were thinking that the police were going to try getting her back to her parents. But then she takes out a gun or she takes out a knife and then she stabs the executioner right there in front of us. And we're thinking, <laughs> why did she do this? And eventually she's like, you killed my parents because, you know, her parents are classified as criminals. Eventually, yeah. by these, um, there was a lot of unrest that was happening within within the city because these akudamas, which are like classified as like these heinous, these monstrous figures within society, were just out and about doing whatever they wanted to do, right? And I think one of the biggest interesting points of um, ordinary person is that narrative that was brought out somehow was that she was leading these people somehow, like these crazy criminals, and she made one post on social media, which was very. She didn't realize how much influence that was single post would have on social media to get the people to like do stuff, which was very vague, but she thought I just needed some like slight distractions, right? Mm-hmm. It just all worked out to be this perfect storm that the police just could not deal with. But for some reason, she's like, I have no idea how this is working out, but that's just a very reflective aspect of society in general it's like these with the fact of you know information being you know we're in the 21st century right we're in the age of information something that we might be able to see right now is that tweets have a lot of power to go into them and the the creators wanted to express that like this this like 21st century phenomenon that's happening currently i mean elon musk can drop down the value of a stock with a single tweet the show made a point of that and it's i think it's beautiful i think all of these like separate situations people see and they just like try to make sense of it they like we weave their own narrative and this whole being able to express information was what eventually ended up causing this like this like agenda from the people to have police reform because of how they were just going around just slaughtering everyone to get a sense of normalcy back which is just highlighting the fact that everyone was always anxious of just criminals being out there and like whatever is classified as a criminal. And it just came up. It was just a, it was just a storm waiting to happen. And I, I very much like, love this show like a lot when I'm just going back and thinking about it. And it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's cool things. And I, I, let, let me, let me move to Curry for a sec. But before I do that, do you have anything to say about like what I just said? Um, well, first of all, I really liked your point about the whole police thing. Um, once again, I'm not going to get political, but um, I will say that I do really, really like, like, again, I think it goes back to what we discussed in the last episode and earlier on in this episode about how, like, the show takes a lot of influence from Western culture and Western media. Um when I finished watching the show, the first show it actually reminded me of, if anyone is familiar, is the show Westworld. Um, I love, I really like the first season of that show. It's 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 so so good, and in it, it kind of touches upon like this idea of, um, not, not just reform, but like this uh, sense of like misinformation. Um, like what if like it's it's basically about like the, the robot uprising, in a sense. but it's more than that. It's like way more than that. It's about sentience. It's about like. And the sentience can be compared to like this, this like that that like weird robot that they were trying to find, and like this perfect world. But this perfect world is truly a world like where you're not actually alive and where you're digitized. It really reminded me of Westworld. The show actually just completely reminds me of Westworld. 
um, it has a lot of very similar tropes. And so when I watched it, I was actually thinking of Westworld a lot. And um, when I finished it, I was thinking about how, like, um, there's a lot I was thinking about, I think. Because I remember the whole police thing that you mentioned, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how, like, the perception of those we don't see. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, like Ordinary Girls, I think the perfect example of that, where, like, this normal person gets, like, like screwed up in all of this, but then realizes that, like, wait, like, who really are the bad guys? And is there really a bad guy in all of this? Um, and once again, I'm, as I'm saying, like, this show really revolves around this idea of perspective, um, which, which, I think, which I think falls in line with a lot of what you're saying. Also, I really, really, really liked the idea of having this, like, deity, quote-unquote, that these people are playing to that's really just technology, like, insanely advanced technology. I love that. I thought that was so freaking cool. As someone who loves philosophy, like, that stuff is just so interesting to me. And again, you see this trope in Westworld, too. So it's, like, it's not, it's not new. And I think, like, it's very cool that it's been showed that way. And it kind of, like, puts things into perspective, right? Like, this, like, whatever deity that they were preaching to, like, there's no, like, conception of reality to that thing. It's just, like, an object that's been digitized and, like, is is just there. It's just there. Um, we know that it can, like, make, build, or, like, project anything, which is cool. But, I like, what it is is it's just extremely advanced technology. So it's really interesting to see the kind of, like, how the people who are less fortunate in this world that they're living in, the people who are less fortunate are people who just can't accept the reality. Um, and, like, you see that, I think, towards the end of the show where they go against the cops and they realize, like, wow, we're in a really fucked up society. Um, I mean, this, this sorry, this podcast should be, like, PG-13. So that's probably my only F-bomb for this podcast, for this episode. But it's it's a really, they, they, I think they realize it's a really screwed up society and they, like, push back, right? Like, that's just a callback to society kind of realizing, like, okay, like, we really, we really live in a really screwed up world. Um, why is that the case? What is happening? Um, which is always really cool. Mm-hmm. You bring up a good point with the whole deity thing, that technology. It's the first episode, you see people praying to it. And I'm, like, thinking, wait a minute, why are they still, why are they still praying to it? They live in this whole cool sci-fi futuristic place. I would have thought, like, religion would have been weeded out. Or I actually thought I actually thought for some reason as you like as humans or society progressed more technologically, there was no need for like religion. I mean now that I'm older I know that's just incorrect. Like you just said it yourself. It's just it's an aspect of humanity and it's just a lot of different interpretations of why people you know go out there and find a spiritual it's just like a spiritual essence. And I'm not a person to to talk about this, but I'm just letting you know I was under the impression that like technology weeded out this this notion of religion or worship but I, i'm wrong like dead on wrong it's just way i was way it's way more complex than that and right but that, that that just brought me back thinking it remember it reminded me of when i was younger and i thought well this is ridiculous here when i was watching i was thinking well this is really interesting i know exactly what this thing is well like episode one it's like a it's it's a train, right? The first thing that the that the people in this city are worshiping is a train, and we haven't even gotten to the fact of where this train goes, which is Kanto versus Kansai, something like that. It's like two different cities, 
and they're meant to represent a dichotomy and like like one of them is like what people think heaven is like right and the other one is hell where they just end up living and that's another thing we haven't got into but i think there's a lot of a lot of stuff going into it and i don't want to like touch on it right now but i do want to like briefly dis discuss it I, I actually forgot about that and you brought it up but something else that's really important is the control of media right if you remember correctly within the show like when they needed to info dump something on us the creators thought was an interesting way of doing it is that they showed propaganda as the people from this city would see it right it's two puppet characters give you information about something that everyone knows and this is i would imagine this is how it was propagated right these people just tell you what happened there was a war that happened i remember in one in one episode like they were talking about this war between the two cities right and a nuke that happened or whatever which makes some certain locations uninhabitable but there's a lot of information it's just this idea of controlling media and eventually that you know like we mentioned ordinary person understands that or it's like somehow inherently understands that which leads to the uprising and that's another thing we did it we we can like talk about i probably won't even get too much deep into it but it was really cool because like, uh, I, I didn't mention this, but the reason that people were so afraid was that the heist mission is actually the Akudama go into this train, which people theorize, and they just raid it. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to, I, I just found that, I just remembered that from you mentioning that, and I just thought that was super cool. They touched something that should be, what's the word, Nikhil? Like something that should, like, that's sacred, right? Yeah, there we go. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 you mentioned Courier, and I was going to try going through like all seven of them, right? Oh, right before you go into Courier, I do have something to say with what you said. Um, I think it was really interesting that you brought up like uh, this idea of like um, this dichotomy of like religion and technology. Um, I think it's very popular, especially to talk about now. Like, um, and that you have this, obviously this idea of science, right? But if anything, and I think this show kind of just proves that, and it does really well. And you see this, I mean, it's still like a big thing now. I think we as humans are inherently always going to believe that there's an external source of our pain, struggle, whatever, happiness, whatever it may be. Um, I think throughout we as human beings will always attempt to project this idea of religion onto something else or someone else. So... It's not unlike what literally what happened in Akadama Drive, right? These people like were essentially projecting their idea of God onto technology because that is what they thought was God. Obviously, and it, the most interesting part was it's something that could never really be proven. No one in that city actually knew what was on the other side other than two of those kids and the three people who the two the three people that went to the other side. So because it's something that effectively cannot be proven. It, it might have by a few people, but like most of them died with the exception of like, what, the two kids? It, it's, it's like, you can't see reality, like you automatically have an assumption of reality, right? Or like an assumption of, or if you can't see what it is, you automatically have an assumption of what you think it is. And so I feel like a lot of the people in the city projected this idea of religion onto that, because that was what they thought was kind of helping them survive. Like, and you saw that through the ads too. I think the ads were always so, so, so important because in each of those ads, those small ads, 
like they had between um, parts of the episode, um, they always highlighted like how much the other city did for this city. But in reality, the other city didn't do anything. They realized that towards the end of the show. But um, it's been, again, it's this idea of information, but it's also this idea of projection that I think humans inherently have onto other things. So pretty cool. Shows got a lot, of, a lot of good things going for it once you actually like start to. You can watch it in both ways, right? This is similar to the um, Drifters, where you can watch it blindly and really enjoy it. But if you like want to go deep into it, there's like it rewards you for just looking into it. Yeah, there's so much into it. That's crazy. Fun show. Uh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll go back to just like going through the characters, right? The seven main, main, um, leads that we when we, go, when we get to doctor i have like a whole thing on doctor so just like <laughs> let me go off then but yeah go 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 off king oh, i want to hear it Another thing we got to also mention is like they they also have two opposing executioners what i found really interesting you gotta maybe briefly talk about that right mm-hmm. so there's like the general police force and the execution force and the executioners eventually we do learn that they 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 bridge that 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 they they titter between they teeter between criminals and being executioners which is like considered good bad but it's like a very thin line between those between those two due to the nature of their work uh courier i mentioned this briefly he died finishing his job with a hundred percent success rate what what, what a guy you know 100 <laughs> percent never failed always gets the job done that's crazy and something that i want to mention briefly is like within the show I, I didn't really like this one too much. I thought it was pretty cheesy, but it's like what they did was they did enough, right? I saw it being done a bit more in different contexts, but I do like like it in general. It's this concept of faith. Uh, remember the coin that brought ordinary person in and courier in the beginning of the show, right? This this like encounter that completely changed her her future was that courier dropped like five pennies or something like a quarter, a coin, pretty much like a, a coin currency thing. She picked it up. And she's like, you drop this. And he's like, I don't pick up loose change. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. So she goes back. She goes back because they were both waiting at a, at the stall to get like oh, okoyami or like some kind of like food thing. And and the person was like, okay, pay up. And she's like, I have a credit card. And then the stand owner was like, I don't have, I don't accept card. I only accept money. Are you trying to steal from me? And she's like, no. Um... She had like the exact amount on her hand, right? But because of her morals, whatever, it made it so she could she refused to pay with that because it's not her money. Which ended up getting her in jail, right? She the the person ended up calling the cops. She got sent to jail, and they're like, "Okay, why didn't you pay?" And she's like, "I didn't have money, but you have five cents right there. What the hell are you talking about? Are you a swindler?" And that's where she got the idea of like using her swindler as her code name. Mm-hmm. But this idea of like a coin changing your future which i i know on the last episode i mentioned i watched no country for old men sociopathic mm-hmm. killer in that in that i think I'm, i might even share this this clip with you convince you how interesting this guy is right he has a sense of when he goes we don't understand right this mm-hmm. moral compass that drives okay am i gonna kill this person or not and whenever someone asks you don't have to do this he says i don't have to do anything I have, but I must. And he's like, the best I can do for you, flips a coin, his hands, and he's like, call it. And and in this one scene that I'm remembering, because the guy does this two times, right? What do you mean, mm-hmm. call it? And he's like, this is important. And he's just very confused because he doesn't know this guy's a killer, but he's getting 
very spooky vibes. And the guy, I forget, Sugar, Sugar, something like that, but his name, says that this coin has traveled 25 years. It was made in this year, just for this moment, right in front of you. And the guy's like, what does this coin mean? And he's like, it means everything. It means what you do tomorrow. Like decides what to what's going to happen right now. And he's like, call it. This is the best that I can do for you. Like this guy's head is he this is the same thing as like divine judgment. He's going to accept whatever the coin says. Mm-hmm. And you know, Akudama Drive uses this concept of a coin changing your future, a 50-50 chance. Had I not met this person in this situation, my life would have been different. That's really cool. The fact that the guy also didn't accept loose change goes back to the fa- to um how he ended up in his mo- he ended up like inadvertently killing his mother because of some situation with loose change. I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, what are you gonna say about that? If you have anything to say, it's a lot. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, I did ramble on a bit, but no, 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 no. I it's, I think that's good. I I don't honestly have anything to say to that. I think it's a really good analysis. All right. Uh, give me a sec. I know I had a. I have a list. I have a list. Of... Tell me characters briefly. I had it open and not this one. I have three browsers open right now: Firefox, Chrome, and Edge. <laughs> Very dumb. dumb. All right. So we got ordinary person, courier, right? Brawler, hacker, doctor, hoodlum, cutthroat. Let's go to brawler next, because I think it's very fun and he's a very straightforward guy. It's a lot of you can analyze him a lot, but he's just very beefy man. Lots of good vibes, and I don't think there's anything to analyze with Brawler. I think he plays the trope of the generic anime big beefy boy. <laughs> that that is literally what he does. Um, you can't analyze him. I think there's there's there is there stuff there, right? The fact that he's like um, his relationship with uh, what's his name with uh, the mob boss dude. Um, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Hoodlum. Um, like his relationship with Hoodlum, and how like at the end of the day, he's really just looking for recognition. That's like literally all he's looking for. Um, but honestly, he and at the end of the day, the person who gave it to him was Hoodlum, right? Um, but no, I think it's the opposite, dude. Uh, Brawler was the one that gave Hoodlum recognition. Hoodlum didn't believe in himself. And Brawler had nothing to prove. He just wanted to do what he loved. I don't know. I actually think they support each other. Um, but again, I, I just think they have a, they had a good friendship. I think that was, that was what it was. I don't know if... But uh, Brawler was like a no... No... Nothing given, everything take kind of guy. And so, you know, he was really chill with that. Um, so I, I vibe with it. He was, just, he was all vibes. He was a fun character too. Kind of just follow in general. Yeah. I, I enjoyed him. He's up there in my characters that I like. I think Hacker and Doctor might be close to the bottom next to Cutthroat. Heck, Doctor's like in the middle, but they're all good characters. It's weird. I love Doctors. Oh she's, coming. she's next after Hacker, which I, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot to say about Hacker. He's, he's a guy. Hacker, was... Hacker, Hacker was an interesting character. The only reason being, like, he had his his whole trope was to like kind of find God, right? Like, we know that the other city is like a conceptualization of what like religion and God is to these people. So his whole thing is just like, I want to try to find God. Like, I can, 
the the whole this whole city operates under the idea of information. Right? Information is so powerful in the city that like it changes people's entire perception of reality. So hacker can change that with ease, like no problem. So for someone who can literally control people almost, like what's the next thing? What's the next best thing? And that's God. So it's it's kind of cool because hacker quite literally tries to play God. And he dies because of it. So, pretty sure, cool that, kind of parallel there. I'm not so sure if it's like got it exactly. I think, but there's something in in that, right? The fact that what he ended up going up against could be conceptualized as a god, right? Because it well, was it's, like a, it's an entity. It's an entity. Yes. It's not like there's no again. Like I, I'm not saying it's God, but um, to these people, it definitely is something that they pray to, right? Um, so. It's a it's a entity or conception of religion, um, and that's what Hacker wanted to tackle because he didn't quite understand it. And when he did, he didn't necessarily fail, but he also didn't succeed. So something else briefly that I want to mention, right? Is the, is this goes back to philosophy? So you might be into it. One of the biggest deals with philosophy is like you want you want to figure out want to be able to answer this question at the end of your life, right? Was your life worth living? Uh, not all philosophy aims to do that, but yeah, like, um, in the Republic, in book one, um, one of the first things Socrates says when um, he tries to justify, like, why you should be just versus unjust, Socrates says, um, a man should be on his deathbed and look back in his life, and he should not repent for what he has done. That's, like, effectively what he says. Um, so, like, you don't want to live life with regrets. Um, I think on the train, he actually says, uh, Hacker says something kind of similar. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to regret like my life. I don't, I don't want to regret what I've done. I want to do it. So, yeah. That's another theme that goes into why these people die and like what it says about them. I think almost everyone, but maybe two and arguably one of them doesn't even count. Answers yes or close to it. <laughs> but I guess I, I'll go through my list, right? And maybe you can like help me decide if you if you agree yes or no. Ordinary person, I say, if given the question, was your life worth living? I think she would say yes, right? And maybe add a few, like at the end of my I, life was pretty. That's the thing. I think every one of their lives was worth living because they all died the way they wanted to go out. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah. if you've noticed, like every one of them died doing what they wanted to do. None of them died with like, with the exception of Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> everyone, everyone died in a way that they like literally wanted to go out. Like, none of them were scared of dying in that in that moment, and they were like content with their actions. They knew they were dying. They all knew they were gonna die if they did this. Um, I can even argue Cut Cutthroat definitely knew. Um, Cutthroat was so weird. That's the that's the other one that I said I'm confused on this one. Yeah, that dude was kind of psycho. Like um. They all knew, and they all were content with what they were doing. And so, I think they lived the life that they wanted to live. Every single one of them. No, wait, you could even argue Doctor did too, and I will say exactly one. Because I remember this conversation very well. Doctor's coming up, right? It's right after Hacker in the list right here. I'm telling you, Doctor is, in my opinion, the best character. Just like, she's so good. Dude, what do you gotta say? Doctor? Oh my god, where, where to start? Alright, first of all, like, 
in a lot of anime trope, like they all they always like overly sexualize females. I mean, that's just a given. I mean, Doctor was no exception. Like big titty, like girl who's just like you know vibing. But um, also she was like the biggest badass I think in the entire show. Like she was like she was just a badass. She was just like she did her own shit. She didn't take anything from anyone, and she did what she wanted. And like I have a lot of respect for that. Um, that's the first thing I want to say. But also. I will say that I think she was the most interesting character. Um, and the reason I say that is because, and this is like probably one of my favorite scenes. Um, when Doctor um, slept with uh, that dude, uh, what's his name? Hudlum. The mob boss? Hudlum. He's a low, low tier criminal. He's not a really nice interesting post. conversation after that. And the conversation was super interesting. Um, and. In it, Doctor said, um, do you, like she was like she pointed like she like you you could see her back and you saw her like front and she was like filled with scars and just her stitching herself together constantly. And like it's very clear that she operated on herself at some point. <laughs> I mean, she does in the show, so it's very clear that she's done it before. Um, and she's just conceptually interesting because doctor is never actually like said that she's a girl we just assume that she's a girl but we don't know that um so that's kind of cool um so like that it could be like a notion to a trans character in an anime which is like literally revolutionary so i mean i would i would think that's kind of sick but more than that i think she's also the character that has She's the most interesting because I think her motivations were really for herself, right? She was just trying to live her life the best way she could and she knew how. Um, and she played God constantly. Like, she literally played with people's lives. And, like, it's really interesting to see her, like, get, like, bit by that because at the end of the day, it was, like, this whole idea of, like, you cannot play God with other people. Um, and she paid the ultimate price. For she died for that. But, like, what she was, I think, that the cast was really, really, really unique. I don't think the show would have been the same without Doctor. I think, I think Doctor was, like, that pivotal. Um, it was really weird to say, because, like, she, it feels like she didn't do that much, but I feel like she did a lot. Like, she, I feel like she pushed the plot to the point where, like, we got these really interesting twists and turns. And this is just speaking from, like, an like a, like, a film point of view. Like, you see her like really push people uh, within the group. Um, you see her like become like backstab like everyone by episode six or seven or something. You see her like do all this like crazy stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, I mean like obviously she repented, she died because of like what she's done. But she was also the one death. No one in the group technically betrayed each other because um, no one really was together. Um, I would include Cutthroat in that. He never truly betrayed the group, uh, even though he had a really fucked up reason for not doing that. But the one or the only person to betray the group was Doctor, and because of that, she bit the bullet. Um, the first, I think. The f no, she died after Brawler. Yeah, she died after Brawler. Um, <sighs> I mean, order doesn't matter. Yeah, order doesn't really matter, but um, 
Yeah, like the way she died, I think, was really powerful too. And like she could never achieve what she wanted the most. But like you could argue that each character died doing what they wanted, but she was the only one, or they were the only one who did it. Um, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think Doctor as like a as a character was also just so unique. I don't. It's it's really weird to say because I think it's like the even the voice actress like um, she like the voice actress voices like young males and this is the first time she has to do like a sexually appealing woman, but then she's also like a badass. I, I think it's really cool. This is like really really cool. Like her whole trope is she plays God with people's lives, um, and I think she repented the most out of everyone. Because everyone died ultimately like sacrificing themselves or doing something like quote unquote noble or doing something they wanted to die like with. Like they were content dying in that situation. She was not, but they were not. So kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I just think Doctor was a brilliant character. Crazy, yeah. I, I mean, the fact that it's a doctor, right? And they have these, what's, what's that thing in the line of the medicine field where you have where you abide by this, this statement, by by this creed, you help people. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, every time, right, when there's a doctor and it turns out that they're just inherently don't care about people's lives, right? Uh, that's just, that's that's already a gray area. You're thinking, you learn all of these, like, different ways that you can, you know, save people. And then you end up using it for not that. You become a killer whatever you're a detriment to society but you don't care you're a very talented person you know what you're doing and after all they were the closest to immortality but then we learn within this to this show right the people who ended up hiring these akudama were two immortal children and they were created for this entity to become immortal in a situation which is another theme that we haven't addressed but it's very tied to philosophy it's this concept of attaining immortality well understanding i think what doctor was trying to do and i think this is less understanding getting immortality because in the show and i distinctly remember this she was asked like what do you want to do if you become mortal and she was like i don't know but i don't think she wants to live in this world forever um not that quite clear but we also don't know how old she is she could be like several hundreds, hundreds of years old and we wouldn't know. But with Doctor, I think it's really interesting because the, there was this notion of being a control freak with Doctor, right? And the fact that like her ultimate desire eventually was to control all aspects of human life. Um, and that includes death. And that's why she wanted to see those kids because she wanted a control of death. She didn't want to become immortal. I don't think that was ever her plan. Um, I think she just wanted control over death. And that's something that no person should really attain. Hence why I feel like she should she died in such a gruesome fashion. Like the worst way. I um I agree with you entirely. I I, I wanted to make that distinction clear that I also didn't get the impression that she wanted to become immortal, but she wanted to, there was an aspect of control involved in it. She's my least uh, like least, but she's like a character that I do respect the position they played. Think they're interesting i'm not as big into it them as you but i mean that, that's expected right we're, we're two different people and i don't think she was a bad character at all i mean everything that you've said just makes me appreciate doctor and the role that they played a lot more it's just 
Oh, there's one more thing too. There's also this idea of freedom that I think she like brings to the whole cast. I think everyone like wants their own thing. Everyone has yeah. their own desire. Hers is freedom, which I think is the most interesting, right? And like in her eyes, the only way to get true freedom, because she had ideally ideal control over everything. True freedom meant control over death. And like you see those like two things that that just can't align. Like in a lot of ways, in a lot of um, in a lot of philosophy, in a lot of scriptures, it's written, um, and in a lot of things, that freedom to attain freedom is to die. But one who controls death can never actually be free. Like if you control death, you yourself can just not be free from that. Um, that's that's just meaning that you you're you're essentially controlling freedom at that point. The person who wants to be the most free is controlling freedom. Like that is weird to think about. I think I'm like getting goosebumps just talking about this honestly because like I just hit me. But um, I think she like yeah, that's crazy. She like she wants freedom the most out of all of them, but she can never truly attain it because she wants control over the one thing that makes humans free completely, and that's death. Um, so she wants control over freedom. Which is she wants control over the things she wants the most, which is not possible. I think ironically, the person that was the freest was the one that she could not handle, and she had the most difficult. It was courier. It was brawler. I thought it was courier, but yeah, it was brawler, brawler could... because he was an issue, so she got rid of him. Oh yeah, it's true. That's true. Couldn't control him. Yeah. She intentionally. So, that's 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 something else, man. Next one, by the way, Tudlum. Uh, the Tudlum, which has a relationship between both Brawler and Doctor. Doctor who could not control Brawler, and Brawler who had the most freedom, even though Doctor was the one who was trying their best to attain it, and Brawler was just doing what he wanted to do, just just duking it out. Mm-hmm. And I just 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 Tudlum. Wanted someone to recognize him, right? That's what I'm going with. And Brawler always believed the lies that Hoodlum said, right? Brawler was this really high level and criminal. Brawler doesn't really care about his status, but Hoodlum says, "Hey, man, I'm like up there with you, dude. I own, I, I control like the entire, uh, you know, dark sector or whatever. I have a mafia following me." And Hoodlum just not Hoodlum, but Brawler just believed the man. He's like, "Yeah, dude, for sure." He had good vibes. He'd never once questioned, and he's like, "If this is what the guy says, it has to be true, 100%. I have no reason to doubt you." And that really resonated with Hoodlum. Hoodlum, even in his death, thought, "I want to be someone, a brawler. I want to be the person Brawler saw me as, and that's how I'm gonna die." And that's how Hoodlum died. He mm-hmm. just loved bra- loved Brawler because it was the person who just believed in him the most he just did not want to disappoint him so hoodlum directly opposes doctor and it's crazy that the person that inspired hoodlum was the person that doctor could not deal with i think that's pretty poetic yeah, so what do you gotta say about hoodlum i think hoodlum was an interesting character uh, i think they're all interesting characters it's not that hoodlum was the most interesting or anything but i think hoodlum was a good character i think um the thing i liked the most about Hoodlum was his friendship with Brawler. I thought that was really sweet. And uh, sweet. something I was very empathetic with. Because at the end of the day, he cared about his friends so much. He cared about this idea of like belief, right? Because he wanted someone to believe in him so much, though, that 
Like, he did. He eventually got that. And, like, then he lost it when Baller died. And I think he could never really get over it. And so he died as a result. And I think he was okay with that. That's what he wanted. And he got what he wanted, right? And then he then he died. So. As person is the cutthroat, the, the man with the most morbid obsession with with the color red. Yeah, I do. It's fucking weird. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, he was kind of disturbing. Um, I don't want to really do a character analysis of him because I don't understand him at all. Um, there's nothing relatable to what he's done. He's just a really screwed up person in the head. He really has like really bad issues. He just never really addresses. He's like, yeah. I feel like in anime, every anime, like action anime, there's always that one crazy dude who's like freaking like going hard. Yeah, he's that dude. So. That dude. I think um he brings up something that was really interesting. Um, like I mentioned, something about the show that was that was brought up very obvious, right? It's up front. It's a sci-fi anime. There's a lot of technology involved. Sure, people worship this religion, but we haven't seen anything supernatural. He's the first he's the first person that we see that there might be a supernatural aspect to this universe. Because he can't see. He can see the color red and He's seen, as far as he's aware, well, is red. He, he can he can see that the there was nothing about him not being able to see, but he like he like goes yeah. mad at some points or something. Like he can increasingly sense something from people, which is weird. Yeah, we don't we never found out what the hell this thing was. Like what was a metric in his head that he just they had more of it and they they were special to him. No idea why. No idea why this red tint made him more special. It was just always there, and he always saw it. And we actually saw the perspective of what this man was seeing, right? That's why I said he was, like, blind, quote-unquote blind. He was able to see it, but, like, I think I remember that he could only see in this color. Like, his death... I mean, the reason why he kills, right, is because he just he's obsessed with this with this thing they've seen. We never found out what the hell it was. Uh, definitely supernatural, definitely unexplainable, which goes back to what you were saying, right? He's a very... F- difficult character in the fact that he's um really out there right what he how he, this person sees things is not natural it's not it's not intuitive and mm-hmm. i want to just bring up this aspect of the supernatural that this man represents or rather the unknown uh you know information stuff back to the theme but yeah that's a, that's as much as i gotta say about cutthroat it's interesting <laughs> yeah cutthroat is a is a is a character <laughs> It's oh, a yeah. character. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, man, like looking back on it, I'll get down with drive was actually a freaking insane show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like we can go more and more into it. I mean, the 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 world itself is like really, really pretty, like really freaking pretty, and uh, the western tropes were so obvious in the show. It really felt like a sci-fi film has come to life almost. Um, and animation, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, like, honestly, good show. Overall, solid. Yeah, we can probably like talk about the, you know, the execution division. They had the parallels between them. We mentioned it briefly. There's like two main people that we follow. That's okay. I think we should just leave the, you know, for the viewers, just not talk, go too much into it because it's an enjoyable show. Definitely worth a watch. Easy, easy, complete story. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was definitely up there in one of the. It came out in twenty twenty, right? Twenty fall twenty twenty. In my opinion, it was the, it was that between that, wandering witch, and then 
Cao Young one for anime of the season. Yeah, that was probably anime of the season, honestly. But um, yeah, it was, it was a really good show overall. They just nailed it. Um, and that's why I love. I've been loving originals more and more recently. I feel like originals are so fun to watch because because they're all so unique and so interesting. So. A lot of hard goes into them. Yeah, it it really does, and I think you can see that with Akudama Drive. I just I really hope that there's no new season, no continuation or anything. It feels very complete with how it ended. I'm happy with it. Well, that's all I gotta say about it. It's a fantastic show. Yeah, me too. It's a really good show. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm really glad I watched it, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, now we just look forward to uh, the coming months for the new episodes of uh, shows that we're excited to watch or looking forward to, and then uh, see how it goes. All right, cool. And we're just going to start up here. That's the end of this Akudama Drive episode. I personally, I would like to actually go, maybe in a later episode, we'll just talk about this briefly. Maybe thank you. Um, I know you... Kaguya, uh, the, the Kaguya anime, which is a shame that I don't even know the name of it. It's crazy. But you watched, right? One about the man uh, who like marries this person. Oh, yeah, the chat simp. <laughs> that's the other that's the anime. Do you know the name of it? Um, I know the opening by heart. <laughs> just, I love that opening. Uh, uh, Kono something something will talk something. Kono Oto Tomari. No, it is not. That is another show I watched. Um, I don't. I honestly don't remember what it's called. I just know the opening. Tony uh, Kawa. Tony Kawa. Yep. Oh, the moon that's the you. one I meant to say when to Kaguya, but maybe even just mentioning Kaguya is a spoiler. It's kind of a spoiler, yeah. But uh. uh oops. It is. It's the journey. It's not the ending, but it's a good show. The other one. I would like to maybe discuss like these candidates for anime of the seasons, right? The other one is The Wandering, which you mentioned you were going to watch because you thought it was going to be like harder. It's a lot of fun. And then, of course, I can probably end up watching Tony Kawa. Why not? Yeah, Tony Kawa was good. I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't, I think it's, I think it, there's still going to be a season two for sure. I just don't know when it's going to come out. I would. That was the episode of everyone. All right. Take care, stay safe. Yeah, thank you. Oh, I was gonna say bye. Take care, stay safe. Uh, hope y'all are getting through this winter, spring, okay. Um, take it easy. Hope you guys got the vaccine. Um, and I think our next episode will probably be along the lines of Inland Saga, but I cannot promise anything. So it'll be something unique, something cool, something character driven, something good. Um, and get hyped, get hyped for the Demon Slayer, um, the Demon Slayer movie. At the time of recording, the movie has not come out, but um, I'm very excited. It's supposed to come out very soon for us. So um, here in America, in the states. So look, really looking forward to that. So yeah.